Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. And before I tell you, introduce you to the people that's going to help me navigate this ship, I just want to tell you how you could participate with the show. Of course, you can find us on Instagram as well as Twitter at Road to Damascus. That's Road, the number two, Damascus on Instagram as well as Twitter. Or you can email us at Road to Damascus at iCloud.com. That's Road to Damascus at iCloud.com. We would love to hear from you. Any feedback, any show topics or any discussions you would like to have. You agree, you disagree. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And with that being said, let me introduce you to the people that's going to help me navigate this ship today. First and foremost, I want to introduce she's back by popular demand. Lolo, say what's up, Lolo. Hey, world. Yeah, yeah, we (laughs) missed you, too. We missed you, too. So welcome back. Guess who's Bazak? And then in front of me, y'all know the returning champion of Jeopardy. (laughs) The rabbi, the teacher, the author, the... I, I want to give all her titles and embarrass her. What's up, Rabbi? How you doing today? I'm good. What's up, everybody? And last but certainly not least, the man who always stirs the drinks with me, my second in command. What up, Steph? Say what's up. What up, though? All right. You know what we say to that? The four horsemen are back together, baby. Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> so, um... Today's topic, I think, is going to be a great discussion that we're going to have. So (laughs) let's just dive right into it. So church, do we feel as though that the church caters more to women than it does to men? Does the church cater more to women than it does to men? And I always start with you, Rabbi, so I'm going to go to you first. I don't know why you started with me. Okay, let me. Because you always got something profound to say and you set the tempo. Let me preface my answer with this. I've been in church mostly all of my life. I am 49. So I spent seven years out doing my own thing for real. So let's just say 42 years. In that time, I've had the opportunity to be in different ministries, sit under different pastors be in different organizations. And I've always had the opportunity within those organizations to move up into some type of leadership position. So that enabled me to see how things work, um, the inner workings, the part that maybe regular members in the congregation don't get to see. So my answer to the question is absolutely not. Women have been used as a resource to build platforms for others to stand on, or prepare the way for those who are half as gifted and anointed as they are. They have been chosen to be sidekicks and come in and, and, and hype up the crowd because you know she's gifted, you know she's talented, everything except be the leader. So, no, it's not catered towards women. It's two steps from a good old boys club. Mm. I ain't going to say if I agree or disagree with that, but that was some straight fire. So you get the Jamaican horn for that one. Lolo. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Steph. Missed it. (laughs) It's got to come naturally. Agree with Shonda. It is most definitely not catered towards women. Like she said, 
the women can be in the kitchen. They can work the altar. They can pray. They can sing. They can do everything but sit up on the pulpit and sometimes not even sit in the front row. Okay. Okay. Steph? Um, no. I agree with Shonda also. You know why? Because uh, I, I saw a study, um, and it talked about female entrepreneurs. And it said uh, female entrepreneurs, they consider as a multiplier effect, right? Uh, typically, female um, entrepreneurs, they invest a high percentage of their income back into their families and communities. And I just, I know a friend that uh, she recently talked about doing some um, outreach program in the city of Detroit to kind of start uh, doing um, um, building, I guess, taking donations and things like that. Okay. To uh, build better Christmases and holidays for, you know, people that are, you know, less uh, fortunate. Yeah, less fortunate. Um, and that's an example. So you give a woman something, she multiplies it. So you give a, a woman a church or an assembly, and she's going to make it even better. Typically, and that's that's the exact same thing that we see right here. Women, they, they as soon as they get a, take a role in the church, you see them, and they're usually devoted. They invest their time, they invest their portions, they invest their finances, and they invest every part of it. So you typically see more of them coming in. They bring more people in. Um, but us as men, we kind of lacking that lately because it's not a lot of men nowadays. It's more boys than men. So okay, yeah, boys too men. <laughs> boys too men. <laughs> um, so. I'm going to be a little bit of a devil's advocate. Um, I agree that when it comes to leadership in these churches and any organization that you may see, that they are run by men and definitely is a good old boy network. But I believe that a lot of the things that happen day to day in the ministry is to keep the female members of the church happy because they are more likely to, I mean, what is, I think I read a study that 61% of people who attend Sunday service regularly are females. And that was a Pew research study that I read. I got some more information off that Pew that I'll bring up later, but 61% of women attend service um, more often than men. Um, so and they said that even churches have gotten to a point in this research where they've changed the lighting and done some other things to kind of cater more to um, to men to try to draw men in, do things to draw men into service. So I agree when it comes to leadership, that's a whole different discussion. I feel like, you know, that's that's a whole nother can of worms that we can have a discussion about as far as. A women leadership, but everyday service I do sometimes feel is catered more towards women, um, and that that is shown within the <laughs> that's shown within the memberships and the numbers and things like that. Steph, you shook your head, so why'd you shake your head? No, I don't think that's the case. I just don't. Okay. Oh, no, I mean, well, no, we ain't always got to agree. Sometimes no, we not going to agree sometimes. Right. I think it was it's me and your turn times. today. Yeah, me and Shada, <laughs> me and Shada usually go back and forth. Well, y'all can jump me. That's cool. I'm ready to get jumped. Let's do this. I, I don't so. want Lauren to hit me, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think the women are used to cater to the men. Okay. And perhaps lure more men to come in. Okay, you know well, I can I can I, 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 that part I can agree. With. I'm not I'm not because listen I'm not 
like my feet ain't dug in the sand where it's like, like what you I'm mean, just like lure though. Yeah. The ratio is is probably now about 70%. Right. 70% women, 30% men. Mm-hmm. If you look at traditionally how women have changed from just our generation of coming into I'll use apostolic churches mm-hmm. or a non or traditional type of churches. Look at how the women have changed from the way they dress, mm-hmm. you know, the things that they wear, how they wear those things, how they talk, how they speak. They're poised to attract men because that's what we teach the women in church, how to get men. Okay. So the catering, I believe, to the women is simply to prepare them to attract more men to bring them in. Okay. Okay. Low. Go ahead. I agree. Um, also, to take it a step further, like I remember, um, my grandmother's church is a really old church, but when we would come to the church, you would see all of these women. Like you would see the the women. Um, taking us to our seat, the women were singing, the women could read the announcements, but when it was time to pray, it was Read a man. scripture. Read scripture, it was a man, and you definitely were not preaching, right? And so I feel like um, I know that you said that a lot of the decisions that are made are catered to the women, but I, I don't agree with that because okay. I think that when it comes to women – how many times have you heard people say, I believe all of us have heard people say, well, she's just a woman. She don't know what she's talking about. Or, Oh, yeah. Well, I've know, heard I, that ignorant I, statement I before. know what she, you know, I understand what right. she's saying. But us men going to make the decision. So I don't think that it's catered to women. I just think that more women are committed. I agree with that 100%. So you think it's more of a commitment? It is a commitment. Yeah. So more women are committed to, like, so I look at it like when I was younger. My mom used to go to, uh, like, um, what was that, Wednesday night prayers, I think it was, or Tuesday night prayers, something okay. like that. She would take us with us. My dad never came, bro. Dad never came, bitch. Okay. Not one time. Right. Not once. Okay. Like, we, my mom would make spaghetti straight to, straight to church. Buck wasn't there at all. Her commitment was there to go there every single week, and it exposed us to it. Typically, if you look at the kids um, within the church – who takes them to church more? Is it the dad or is it the mom that takes them to church more as a kid? Oh, it's yeah, typically it's the mom. So that's, that that shows her devotion and commitment at that point there. I think now we're seeing a flux of women in the church because we're seeing a lack of commitment by the men in the church. Okay. You know, like like I just told you, taking the initiative of the program that they're doing uh, in Detroit, they just decided to meet up and do something like that. When do we get a lot of men? I know me and you talk about a lot of stuff, but right. I would consider us in, you know, in that small bracket, but it's some other, it's not a lot of people that talk about, right. Hey, let's, let's uh, do something for the community. Let's change this. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I know we're always so caught up in, you know, providing and finances and everything like that, because that is a heavy burden on men nowadays, and we can we can talk about that. Right. No, it is a heavy burden on. Yeah. No, we we can um get into that part. So I mean, we're gonna dive into that perfect. part too. But so well, so let me a- ask you guys this because y'all y'all brought up leadership. So like Lauren, you um were running the youth ministry at the church, and were you in charge of music too, or just the youth ministry? I'm a worship leader. Worship. Okay, worship leader. Shonda, you're an elder um, at the church. 
Um, I'm a minister. <laughs> I'm the black sheep minister at the church. <laughs> I'm the I'm the black sheep minister at the church, and Stefan is left out. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen is Stephen is left out. Left. Designated builder. There you go. That's yeah. all I have to say. No, no, no. They call you for love. Yeah, no. They yeah. no. Pastor know who to call when he needs something for done. Sure. And, and you and, and and you uh you tied with your time. And you are and, valuable. And, and, yeah, you are That's valuable. My girl, Lala. Yeah, I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so with that being said, so let let's dive a little. So I feel as though. And Lauren, you were a little younger at this time, you and Stefan, but in the mid nineties, there was an influx of trying to build up women within the ministry. Um, you had T D Jakes doing those um Woman Out Thour loose conferences. You had um Juanita Bynum, no more sheets. She had sheets. <laughs> she, that's a whole nother conversation oh, okay, for another um so, so <laughs> Jesus 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 Oh Jesus So uh you had uh no more sheets and things like that so it was about healing women who had been mentally physically and emotionally abused within the church whether it had been in the church out of the church at home things like that and we built up these women and we and we caught a lot of women on fire and you saw a lot of women grow out of those ministries. That's where some of the women started to get popular, um, like um, Paula White, um, women like Juanita Bynum, women like uh, Joyce Meyer. They all started to come out during that time. That was how a lot of their um, ministries grew. But the issue to me was in that time. We had emotionally abused women, but we weren't trying to do nothing about the men who were emotionally abusive. Where was the ministry to try to heal these men who had been, especially within the black community, pulled out of the home because of drugs, um, physically abused by parents, even sexually abused. Like we don't talk a lot about sexual abuse of of, of males and things like that. So it was like, we're sending these healed women back to emotionally damaged men. And only to me within the last 10 to 15 years, has it been okay for men to even be emotionally open about mm. their feelings, open, open about the, what? Go ahead, Steph. You not really. Right. Nah, Men's not even vulnerability yeah. as nah. weakness. Yeah, I mean, but but that's because but it's starting society, to be it, yeah, it's starting it's, to become more acceptable. I mean, it, it's starting, but it's still some people that uh, a lot of people see a man's uh, uh, an emotional man is weak, right? And most of the the men who are getting in touch with their vulnerability are not the men who are leading these churches. No, okay, yes. <laughs> so, so when when I look at a situation like that that I just brought up. To me, that is also a remnant of why I see because those women out of that that mid early 90s, mid 90s era are a lot of the women who are um, in the churches today who are in in um, and like I said, I'm not I'm not one of those people that's going to sit here and name five women ministers and make it seem like y'all good. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm about to do that at all. Um, but 
my thing is, I I still feel as though that we have not tried to, what am I trying to say? We have not tried to heal those men. We have not tried to still figure out where that uh, um, detachment is. You understand what I'm saying? So how do y'all feel about that? So you guys want to say, John? I I think in a, a feeble attempt at healing men, they were placed in positions of leadership. I was going to say. So instead of dealing with, with, with the pain, let's just make you feel better about it. Let's put you in a position of leadership. Now here comes, if you look at it, here comes this group of healed women back to these churches led by broken men who are now in leadership. Because while we were had the women away at the conference healing them, where were the men? Where were these emotionally abused men at? Or waiting um, for them to come back. Right. I would probably just do a slight rebuttal, right? The only reason why I would do a slight rebuttal is because of this. Um, innate. It's an innate thing. Most women are more uh, in touch with their emotion. You know, so you you if you do a statistic, you will see that most women are uh, more uh, open to doing therapy and doing certain things like that that actually discuss their emotions and able to, to, you know, kind of walk them through various things within their life and the different things that they go through. Um, men, and I can speak for myself, really weren't taught that. And that was not something that just came natural for me. Um, so when we go through stuff, we go through stuff within between our, our, our group of men that's all not healed, right? No, None of them are trying to be emotionally connected to anything. You know, we talk about certain things. We're around them. We like the camaraderie, but nobody is versed in emotions. You bring some up, and it's like, bro, you be straight. You be all right. Trust me, bro. I've been through that. You be all right. That's it. You tough, right? You tough. You be all right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Straight up like that. But a, 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 if a woman goes through something, and she has her girls, and they're all going through different things, like, we can talk about a ton of things in here. Shonda's a therapist. Brock has, you know, his little therapy vibe, you feel me? <laughs> and we talk about various things, but Shonda's a great listener, mm. you know what I'm saying? And then she can definitely kind of give you some feedback to where it's like, oh, well, I didn't kind of think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is, I, I believe, it is the ignorance and the lack of information for men um, that didn't heal these men before. We're in a new era now to where um, – Man, it, the the emotional thing is more exposed now. Men need to talk about this. It's okay. You need to be able to discuss this. I talked to, to a few dudes recently, and we was just on a job. And I'm like, bro, man, I you know, I had kind of opened up about some little things, you know, a little situation I had to go through, whatever. And they start opening up about some little stuff. So I'm thinking about, yeah, bro, let it out, bro. You know what right. I'm saying? That yeah. kind of thing. Well, no, I, th- I think it's important for more it, things in. I think that's why men's life expectancy is is shorter because of us not letting things out and holding it in. Absolutely. And that causes stress. So, so I think right. to get to my point, to get to my point, you go back to a place of healed women going to broken men because the man never had the ex- access to uh, anything to actually help heal them. Well, Shonda, well, Shonda often says we reproduce after our own kind. Absolutely, and 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 so opening it was open then, but it wasn't exposed. If you understand what I'm saying, you had to be a more conscious individual to understand that. 
Um, like we, we, I think we always make a joke about uh, Erica Badu, right? So when she gets to one of these dudes, they immediately chase like three stacks. He was completely different. Right. Yeah. Soon as she start, he started talking to her. He can't. Bros wearing clown outfits. <laughs> right. It's like, what did you actually? You opened up something that was in him that, obviously, emotionally, she helped heal him because he, I, it. I mean, it might be apparent. I don't know. I'm right. speculating. Yeah, I get. What she you might be a healer. You know what I'm saying? So she's healing people. Emotionally, like, listen, you probably want to talk about this, this and that, whatever. So, um, most men aren't, you know, privy to that. Absolutely. I think we all have the same opportunities for that. Because mm-hmm. um, girls aren't born knowing how to deal with their emotions. Ever. You know? But I think and society is, has mm-hmm. made it okay. Mm, no, no. You don't think society has no, made it okay no, or more acceptable no. for women to, especially not a black woman. Oh well, well yeah. I'm not. I'm not about to sit here and, and, <laughs> and listen. I'm not about to sit here no, and tell two know, black I'm gonna women. I'm going to say this. I am going to say this though. There's certain things that y'all were born with that we weren't. Body parts. N- yes. Because no. mentally, hold on. No, we're not no, even no, talking not just, mentally. Not just, no, 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 no. Talking emotionally, you guys are more wired to be more emotional. Immediately off the cuff. Where's that at? No, no, right. that's just an innate kind of thing. Why? Just like, Why do you just say like, that? Just like, you hear hold that? on, just like, just like strength, right? Just like strength. I can go right now. When I was a kid, literally in high school, I was doing a a, a, a shoulder press of one thirty five. Could mm-hmm. you do that? I never tried to. No, no, I'm saying the point is, is it's certain things that we come equipped with, and certain things. That's what that's There's what creates a the balance between physiology. Mm-hmm. And emotional impartations. Okay. Because if I teach my son from the time he gets here how to process his emotions, hey, it's okay for you to cry. It's okay for you to feel. Let's talk about what you feel. He's ahead of the game. But if I get my son and I give him a Tonka truck on and, 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 and never talk to him about how he's feeling, or if he falls and he hurts himself and I say, hey, suck that up, man up. What you crying for? Cut all that out. Yak like a sissy. He's going to be locked up and soulless and a man who can't express his emotions. Mm -hmm. So women, we do have something that men don't have. That's the ability to be nurturing. That's my, I think that's the one. That's the, so I probably should have looked for the specific (laughs) word. (laughs) I should have looked for the specific word. (laughs) Go ahead, Lord. T- hey, look. Hey, oh, no, we need enough hey, girls. So that, that's that's. But you understood my point. Not I just. Did. I probably is. It, we. I think we. He was in. Our, in he was in inarticulate in what he was trying <laughs> yeah, to no, say. We were but, caught up in yeah. terminology. But the points were the exact same. It's certain things that you guys. It's innate. Mm-hmm. For us, it's not. Nurturing is a, a an emotional trait. That's an emotional trait. So that means if that's an emotional trait, you guys have a, a an up on us. Can we agree that uh, a nurturing is an emotional trait? I'm gonna yes let I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve I'm that asking. for the women. No, I'm asking, answer. Shana. Can we are is is nurturing there an are emotional some trait? There are men who who are nurturing, you know. But in order for you to be, you have to be nurtured, whether it's by another man or uh, whether it's by a parent. No, I'm talking of, about from birth. Now I'm pretty. There has been I'm pretty nurturing probably now for sure. An age old argument of nature over nurture, nature. right? Yep, yeah, yeah. The only time. You can get a group of people or a consensus of people to deal with that is when it comes to homosexuality. When you're dealing with emotional stability, you know, um, no, nobody touches nature or nurture with that. It is automatically passed on to the woman. It's your responsibility to nurture the kids. It's the father's responsibility, 
you know, to do something else. Oh, wait, that's that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. No. Both parents are supposed to be nurturing. Oh, definitely. You know, both both of us are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm not going to let you off that. No. No. So, so, uh, so it's certain <laughs> things. All right, well, that, well. We agree to this. <laughs> to agree. Yeah. Go ahead, Lo. We haven't heard from you. Well, I agree with everything Shonda been saying. You know, she just. Preach, right preach. <laughs> I've been throwing my salt. But I actually wanted to add um, off of what Steph was saying. And to go back to what you were saying. Okay. Is that, um, like for me. When I was growing up, I was not allowed to grow up and cry. Like, I have uh, three sisters, and I'm the oldest, right? So, and and I have four brothers. So, <laughs> <my> <laughs> Stephen's distracting her. Okay. The, he's trying to throw her off. Go I ahead, love. I have four brothers, and uh, I'm the second oldest. So, Yes, being the one to always, you know, pick up the slack, do things like that. That was just something that came with my position in the line. That wasn't something that I necessarily picked up. However, we were not catered to in a way to say if my brother was hurt or if he was crying, oh, you a boy, suck it up. But also, we weren't allowed to just sit there and cry. It will be like, Okay, that's enough. Get up. That's enough. And I feel like when it comes to the church, because we have these traditions that have been in place for a very long time, the tradition of the world was set for women to cater to men. And that's why you have all of these men, even outside of the church, feeling like, oh, when I get a wife or I get a woman, she needs to cater to me. She needs to submit to me. She needs to look after me. Not understanding that just like in the church, the same way a man needs to be picked up is the woman needs to be picked up as well. But how do you do that if you don't establish that type of routine? Because if you, it, church is a business, right? It doesn't. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. How they try, we to, try pretend to pretend it's not, but well, it I, is. I got told off one time when I said it's, church, none and whatever relationship is a it, business. It's a business. It is. It is a business. Think about how you run your business when. When you think of who do you typically want cooking your food, you want a man cooking your food or a woman? There are some men that know how to cook, but most women, oh, if it's between a woman and a man, oh, I want her to cook my food. Why? Because you think that she has been taught and trained to do that. That doesn't mean that she's your equal. That just means she knows how to do something. There's a, there is a skill that she has, and you need it. So I'm going to cater to you until I get what I want, and then we're gonna push you back in your position. So, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with the patriarchy within society within the church. The church has a disgusting record of patriarchy. So back to the question at hand or how we were going. So Steph, you had brought up earlier about the the burden financially. So expound on that. No, I mean. <clears throat> You know, nowadays society, I mean, we have all these roles that um, women want to debunk pretty much, right? Like a lot of things to where it's like, no, we women shouldn't do this, women shouldn't do that. Um, but there are clear roles within a household that it feels like a man needs to do. 
And I know that we feel like, um, I mean, in a church, we want more presence of a man. I'll say it, put it like this. From my experience um, growing up, my mom, um, she worked, but she worked kind of from home. She did certain things with my dad. Um, she helped with, like, the books and everything, which be, you know, that right, I have yeah. to explain it now. Um, she uh, did everything with the books, stuff like that, helped uh, us with homework, all that kind of stuff. So she had more time on her hands to do certain things. So she was able to go to Wednesday night prayer. My dad wasn't even home. He wasn't home because he had to go to work. And he had, um, you know, five children to take care of. So it's like um, we want more of a presence of a man in the church, but we also won't let up on him and his responsibilities at home because that same woman that's talking about him being healed and certain things like that, she's not helping him with the burdens that he has at home. It's like, all right, no, I don't want to pay half the rent. No, I'm not going to do that. I feel like, I mean, I need a man to take care of me and do all this kind of stuff and everything like that. All right, so if the financial burden is there for a man, how does he have time to do any outreach? How does he have time to build in his community when he's trying to build his home? Because I already know as a man, we're going to start from home first. Everything that I've done, outside that didn't really affect me was done after I made sure everything was taken care of that I had to take care of. Like all my bills was paid, everything like that. It was never, oh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do this extra, but I don't have any uh, groceries at home. So typically the man's responsibility is that within the household. Um, and a lot of the women that maybe go to the church, we're talking about the older ones and stuff like that. The man was typically working. He was typically working, and they did a lot of things. They did the, you know, the lock-in prayers, or they did, like, you know, uh, Tuesday night prayers, and they 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 did the ushering, and they did things like that. And the man sometimes still came late. And the only time you saw him during the week was on Sunday. It was no other time during the week unless it was somebody that had a clear role in the church. So it sounds like that in order for us to be able to advance man within the church, we have to be able to help him out at home also. So I think we need to be able to discuss some um, some social uh, roles and things like that that can help the man to where the playing field is even be- between men and women at home to where the man can experience more church like the, the woman is usually typically um, able to experience more. Now, I will say this. There are some that are single, Right. And still has just as much devotion to going to church and everything like that, which is awesome. And I'm not talking about the single ones or anything like that. I'm talking about the ones that actually have the clear role because that is always pushed on the man. You got to make sure you're financially stable, things like that. Society pushes that. So I think these are things that we need to consider. Go ahead. Laura was sitting here, sitting here like, like, pick me, pick me. Ooh, me, me next, me next, me next. Go ahead, Lo. Now, everything that you say was a wonderful speech, just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> However. Now, let me go to start poking these holes and everything. You said like Swiss cheese. Right. Only no harm. My harm's coming. However, a woman, right? Now, old day women, you know, Back in the day, our grandmothers, those women are long gone. So the church that we are talking about is 
right now, today, right? Most of the women have just as much responsibility as the men. Most of the women are getting up every single day going to work. The difference is when a man leaves the home, all he has to worry about is getting his self-dressed, making sure he eats. When a woman gets up to go to work, she has to make sure her children are taken care of. Her children are off to school. You have to worry about what we going to have for dinner, what, how this house going to be clean, how we going to do this, how we going to do that. It's about time management. See, men want to be coddled, and they want to be excused for the things that they cannot do because they don't, have, they don't know how to manage their time properly. And that's only because they, they're, most of men, they have a lot of time on their hands. So when it comes to the church, I don't want to hear you been at work all day because that's all you done did was went to work. <laughs> and when you got off of work, you went to the church. Women, in all that they have to do outside of church, they still come to church. And most times they're the first ones there and the last ones to leave cleaning up. The ushers going down the road picking up the tissue, and then they got got to go home and do a whole job while the man is in the bed sleep, and the kids running around crazy. So it's about time management. It has nothing to do with roles and responsibilities. I am absolutely sorry. I'm a. Uh, <laughs> I'm a. Um, so this is what I'll say, because I, I personally am never the person. That groups anything no, together. No, 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 no. I'm never the person. I'm never the person that groups. Like all, all people are this way. All people are that way. Right. But just like in psychology, they study a consensus of the group. So with Lauren, I would say that in today's society, women work just as much as men and things like that. But I can only speak from my standpoint, where I know that I was working. I was taking my kids to school every morning, both of them, getting them up, taking my son to football camps around, picking my daughter up from daycare, cooking dinner at home, doing all of this while my wife was in school at the time. So I didn't mind picking up that slack. So it was but I worked a job that was flexible enough for me to go in the morning, pick the kids up. Then I might have to go back in the evening and finish some things like that. So from that standpoint, I can't. Speak from, um, I think you did that even when it wasn't flexible. Right? <laughs> well, we you gotta, yeah, no, I mean, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. So, uh, but you uh, in his business, no, Stephen trying to make his point. Stephen trying to make his point, like, like, because Stephen, like, I know I got B on this because B with me because I know what B's to have to do, right? That's what Stephen said. I know what my brother done done, right? Stephen, like, listen, I know what my brother did. So I know for a fact that I was the one who was doing the breakfasts, doing, I would say I was paying 80 to 90 percent of the bills. I was doing 80 to 90 percent of the cooking. I was doing 80 to 90 percent of no 90 to 100 percent of the school, of the camp, of the daycare, getting them to bed, all of that. And I didn't complain because I looked at the marriage as a partnership. And sometimes one partner is doing one thing, so the other partner picks up the slack. And so it wasn't a complaint or anything like that. So I understand where Lauren comes from that 
you know, we both work in, we both. Um, so it does become a time management thing. But I just think what it is is that we have to also accept that, like our grandfather, God rest his soul, our God grandfather, <laughs> our grandfather really? worked all the time. He would pick up shifts. He would, I, I think, in, in, in um, the 30 plus years that I was with, around my grandfather, I probably seen him go to church two times. But I never questioned his salvation. Never questioning if he was a man of God. I seen him in the word. He would pray. As he got older, he got a little bit more emotional, more open about his vulnerability and things like that. I didn't question his his salvation, but it was like it was okay. We didn't care that he didn't go to church though. And to me, it almost was like a little bit of that kind of rubbed off on me as a like, well, we ain't questioning Papa's salvation. He don't go to church. So why should somebody question my salvation? So I think a lot of times what it is is men see grew up in situations where it was like they had fathers that served the loved the Lord, especially those factory workers. Mm -hmm. Those men was picking up shifts, you know, 11 kids and Grammyra was a house housewife, mm -hmm. like house housewife, like iron in his underclothes. OK, I've seen her iron wife beaters and underwear and right. socks. And socks. So. <laughs> I, so I know what it is to, and, and she embraced that role and he took care of the home. So his thing was, if he didn't want to go to church on Sunday, that was cool. But he was in his word. He would read it every morning. He would pray. He was faithful to God. So I think sometimes that we have made it okay for men to think that they don't have to go to church. Now, would you agree? With, now, Shonda, I know you're going to go back to what Stephen said. And then piggyback to what I just I'm, said. I'm not going backwards at all. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, right by. I don't know if this is going backwards or not because I was I was all in with, with with what you were saying. Right. But there was a time when men had to do everything. Okay. Even back. Go back to Adam. He had the responsibility of the garden. It was his job. So he had to do everything. He had to till the ground. He had to plant the seeds. He had to do it all. But he received his just due. Even in today's time, men who do it all, they receive their just due. It's not like that now. Now you have women who are working in, in the church. Yeah. You know, you tilling the ground, you planting the seed, harvesting the crops, you cooking the food, you serving the men, you leading the and prayer, not getting... leading the worship. You singing, you doing everything, open the church, closing the church, and, and nothing. You have to be twice as good, three times as good as any man just to earn a seat as his sidekick. Bishop Iona Locke said, you get the cream and not have to pay homage to the cow. <clears throat> Come on here. The devil is a liar. Somebody <laughs> need to say it. And when you do stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with a man in this man's world, then you got to be gay. Now listen, just because you can flat-foot preach and flat-foot teach has nothing to do. It's my gender is the problem. Mm. Give this woman Listen. some sounds or you know, something. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't want to stop. You know, when somebody going, I'm the type of person when I'm at church and somebody going, I'm just, I'm just enthralled. You ain't, I'm just like, Lauren want to stand up. Lauren want to stand up. Go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There are still women who have been so beat down by this that they've started to believe that it's a man's world. 
and they use other people, other women, to make you feel the same way and keep you sitting on the sideline. And you know you gifted. You know you called. You know it's all over you. No, girl, it's a man's world. You, you, you can teach or you can pray. Listen, sisters, if y'all listen to me and you can flat foot preach and you can flat foot teach, you don't need nobody to give you a piece of paper or a mic or pulpit or nothing. Do what God no, told no. you to do and let them adjust to your authority and power. Well, Come on, I mean, man, death row. <laughs> <laughs> No, all jokes aside, uh, the last episode, uh, Tracy filled in for uh, Lauren, and Tracy can flat foot preach. Flat foot, but why ain't she preaching? Well, I'll I'm, tell you why she ain't preaching, because she preached one time, and folks started getting saved and healed, and folks got jealous. Now, she ain't going to tell it. I'll tell it. Tracy, don't. Yeah, we can talk about it later. <laughs> but people get jealous. Right. When they look at you and they think you can do something that they can't do. Listen, man, you got your lane. Mm. Woman, you have your lane. And if you a big body hogging up both lanes, then use that power and authority and save some souls while you at it. All this other stuff that we doing, all these other things and isms and schisms and stuff that we play and gender roles that we playing around with, who getting saved while you doing it? Amen. Who you saving? Why you mad at me because I won't sit on the sideline and you half as anointed as I am. You mad at me? You mad at me because I'm a female and I know what the word means because I'm hermeneutically correct and you can't? Do you want, to, do you want me to pay these tithes before? Before we finish the podcast okay. or after, yes, you are ready <laughs> do you want me to want me to tie do this tie before the podcast is up? No, you was just on fire, Rabbi, right there, Stefan. I just want to expound on just do. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I agree with everything you just said, right? And um, in a in a typical scenario, that is true. I would agree with everything you just said. But the ones in this room is not typical. So well, we can't so, we can't be, honestly no no no, 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 no. because so, in this room it's important it's important though I know what right. you're gonna say B. it's important for we're not the most unique man in the world though it's other men like us um, and we are providers and we are people that or, or men that are there to promote women you know that right. are that are not trying to. Make gender roles, even though we have some declared gender roles. I don't expect my woman to go downstairs and relight the pilot on the the hot water tank. That's something I'll do, but right? She could if she but I've relit the pilot. I mean, oh, that's straight. You can install it too. <laughs> no, no, I can, no, but I would call somebody who could. Or that's me. No, 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 I know what you say. I know what you say. So exactly. no, I'm saying it's clear roles, right? On certain things, it's just because I'm in construction and things like that to where. I've seen the macho Stephen ain't Stephen ain't gonna see his woman if he hears something downstairs and be like, "Hey, go see." No way, right? No way. And I, I would, I would say in my household, I would probably create. It would be some. We would have declared roles, of course, to where it's like, "Hey, listen, I don't expect you to do that. That's something I do, right?" Um, and I don't mind being a provider and things like that. But I know my role. Like Brock said, we seen our granddad literally grind. So that was my example. Right. So. Yeah, I've been in situations where I'm constantly working, constantly working, and I've been told, you can't work like that. And it's like, well, why? I've seen this. So I didn't make time for anything else. Yes, coming here, like I told you before, this is fellowship for me. This is church. Right. 
I don't have to go Sunday. I figure, you know, this is cool. Right. <laughs> this is enough. Assemble myself my together God. yesterday. You feel really? me? Right. Y'all gonna go to church, so that's gonna be the extension. <laughs> <laughs> you feel really? me? So my thing is, there are there are right now, there are some men that would uh, dis they would disagree to say, no, I don't get that at home. I have a woman that's I'm doing everything for, literally everything for, and. She's she's growing and she feels like she's liberated and things like that, but then the man feels like he's you know what I'm saying he he not what he needs or he's right. not you he's know not what he he's not getting what he needs. Right. So I think it's 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 you get them on both sides. Then you have some scenarios to where it's the man that's lacking and the woman is doing everything. You know what I'm saying? Right. To where she's the healer and she's coming in, she's taking care, she's going to church, she's doing things within the church, community outreach, you know, um, all kinds of things. And the man is not being present. So I think um, both sides are correct. And you guys are standing from a standpoint. That's why I didn't want to cut you off because I was going to make the joke and be like, I need you to expound on that. But you, right. you were going. <laughs> right. And it was cool. Right. Because I agree 100% on that. Right. You are 100% right. But right now, there are still men that they're, they were born providers. And it was natural. It was, it, was, it was literally beat down into them. Just like they're liberating women right now. And it's great. It's a great thing. Like they're liberating women and they have this like – this whole Me Too movement and all that kind of stuff to where it's um, women are feeling like they're they're being empowered and they're feeling like they're getting some in in certain cases the the pay gaps are starting to increase to where or decrease. Nah, to where I'm gonna say no, that, that. I, I said in certain right, cases, yeah. not in all, but in some. There's some of them that are starting to change now. Like you just seen Rihanna, she's a, a, a billionaire now. So it's right. like you've got cer- certain things that are starting to change, but then. The man roles, right? The the male roles. There still are men that are still stuck in the same mindset and mentality that they were in years ago. And there is no movement for the men. Not one. So I'll I'll say just to um or would you Well you before say? before so I'll just say this, Steph, is just a slight pushback as we always say. No, but, no, I want, well no, I, like what I mean, because I'm here because to I know like too. I know just the other day was women equality payday. Um black women make sixty three cent for every one dollar that a white man makes, and I believe white women make like seventy seven cent, like ten cent more than a black woman, like the lowest is black women when it comes to the the the, the pay gap. So I would so when we think about like Rihanna or Oprah, I always because I always use this example when I'm talking about race to a um a non melanated person. I say, well, Frederick Douglass went to the White House in the 1860s, and had a meeting with the president. That didn't mean that slavery <laughs> didn't exist and it was over and right. things like that. So I don't like to always just use one or two examples to make it seem like, oh, we're, we're coming up. You know what I'm saying? It's like we can't use LeBron James being a billionaire as like black people are coming up in society and we're getting our just um, equality. So I would give pushback on that. But I, I would also say just within the context of the conversation that we've been having is – um, cause it was, you know, about churches catering to women and, and things like that, um, is that what we have is 
that the leadership part, because Shonda and Lauren have really pushed on the leadership part and the pastors, the bishops, I think the Methodist church just recently within the last, what, 20 years, finally put a woman, female bishop bishop and things like that. So you're not going to get me to stay here. And Shonda and me had conversations. I mean, like me and Stefan are exceptions to the rules when it comes to progressiveness within the church, when it comes to women preaching and things like that, like, like I'll tell people, Women in period, you guys, right. you guys are exceptions. Right. So I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, no, it's a, it's a lot of men that's <laughs> coming up with this. Like, no. And with me and Stefan have conversations where we try to instill things because like I said, even within our family, we were raised as males and Lauren can speak to this, to have certain feelings and expectations, the things our uncles used to tell us and things like that, what it's up to you to have to shake that mentality and shake that mold and and things like that. Because I feel as though like my dad, our dad is very open with his emotions. He'll cry. He'll, he'll uh, express himself and get emotional while he's talking. Like, so, and I've, and I felt like I've always been like that. You know, I'll cry at the drop of a hat. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't always like that though. Who? Dad wasn't always. Oh, like okay. That. Well, I mean, you were right. You were grew up in the house more than I did. That's oh, cat. I'm just saying. No, I'm just That's saying. That's cat. That's cat. Is it cat more? No, look, look, hold on, B. Tell me this. No, no, really. You would say back in the day, Dad was more emotional with you to let you open up with your emotions. Uh, I mean, no. T- I want to. I, w- I want in my experience. It was, be, but maybe because I didn't grow up in the house with him, he was a little bit more. No, he would have been. He's. I've, because you know, because I would express the way I would express myself like maybe I would I tell never, him so maybe I'm ignorant because maybe I didn't open up to him like right that. okay yeah because like I was more so like I felt like you know I had to be no I more got more clothes yeah so maybe because I wasn't so in the house all the time yeah no yeah so I, to me he allowed me to express myself in a way it was just kind of like you know I'm disappointed about this I'm disappointed about that like and just a little sidebar I remember one time we had a discussion where. Uh, when I was playing high school football, he never came to any of my games until my senior year, and I think he only came to two. And then my, my mom was at every game and things like that. Then when y'all started playing football, he was at all y'all games. And I told him that bothered me because you made time for them. You still doing the same job you was doing when I was coming up. And, he, you know, he came. He said, no, I understand, you know, and things like so. He, so I would even just tell him how I felt because I couldn't carry those – burdens and then be feeling some way about him like you go one of their games and i'm your son too and you ain't never come to none of my you know things like that so um so i just think as men we just that vulnerability part but but back to the leadership aspect is so let me ask you guys this when we think about leadership and things how can we how how in you guys' opinion because it's only your opinion can we begin to balance this and i i'll start with you lauren how can we begin to balance this as far as raising women up to allow them to be in leadership, but also trying to bring men back into the church? Well, the balance comes, in my opinion, with accountability. So how can being a leader, number one, you have to know how to lead, right? You have to know exactly who you are, what you're called to do, what your position and your role is, and you know you have to know how to execute it. After you do that, then you can teach other people. Then you can hold other people accountable to say, okay, 
yes, you are men, you know how to do this. Yes, she's a woman, she knows how to do this, but let's collaborate together. If you can't have those type of conversations with people and you can't hold people accountable, even in the times where it's uncomfortable, it's never going to change. Okay. Rabbi? Level, level the playing field. Make it fair. We say all the time, church is a business. You run a business. Mm-hmm. Would you put somebody in a position that, that wasn't able to do the job? No, why? Why do we do it in the church? Would you put mm. somebody in, in a position who you knew was not qualified? Or you hire somebody who says that they're qualified? You don't check their credentials. You don't put them up or anything. You put them on the job, they fail. You put them back, they fail. At what point? Wouldn't you eventually say something to them? No, I immediately say, I don't eventually. <laughs> Why don't we do that in the church? We will leave an unqualified person in position until they die. Never remove them. You know why? Because we don't want to hurt their feelings. But you're killing people because we don't want to hurt their feelings. We don't want to hurt one feeling, so we'll let the masses be destroyed. When Manasseh fell into idolatry and led the people out, he got himself together. He was able to come back. The people never did. We have to stop allowing people in positions that they're not qualified. The title sounds good. Yeah, it looks good on your resume. So like calling myself an apostle? When you can't teach mm-hmm. or preach or plant, having planted Nan church nowhere. But I just want to call myself You can call yourself whatever apostle. you want to. And you don't even like people. And you don't read. Okay. You got to be qualified. <laughs> you should have the function before you get the title or be put in position. Male or female, men are more likely to be put in a position unqualified Absolutely. than a woman who is thoroughly qualified simply because of gender. Don't tell me penis make that much difference. Mm. Staff? Ecclesiastes. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say penis on the podcast? I mean, no, you you fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, we here now. Yeah, we here now. It's like, I, I won't I even we, I won't even edit worse. that part we out. We said we, yeah, we said worse. Yeah, no, no. So um, I think uh, so. Ecclesiastic seven. Uh, uh, I think it's uh yeah, chapter seven verses eight says the end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. So in order for us to really make changes. Uh, right now, we got to be able to have open open discussions, yes. and we need people that can really be there. Like uh, Shonda said it before, I think you've asked her some scenarios and said, "How do we make a change?" I think every single change is going to start the exact same way. It needs to be an open discussion, and we need open people. That's the only way it's going to really start to change. Right. right here, we're we're talking amongst each other, and we're all people that are all willing and, and open to listen. And we all throw out ideas, and sometimes the ideas is like, hmm, maybe that wasn't the best thing. That's how you learn. Right. You learn by talking about it. You talk it through, having panel discussions. This is panel discussions, but it's more so it's going to be aired. Right. So we need that. It's a lot of it's a lot of uh, men that are hurt still in the church that don't understand that women are hurt and don't even know that they're hurting women in the church. Then there's a lot of women that feel like, oh, I've been hurt so many times and all this kind of stuff that they're hurting men in the church, men that didn't even deserve to be hurt. So how do you get a balance? Right. You literally, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Well, so, yeah, hurt people, hurt people, hurt people and all you people. do is have a vicious so, cycle of hurt people so, hurting each so other. So you have a church full of hurt people. And we reproducing after our own kind. Exactly. And you're thinking you're getting healing, but you, everybody's hurt. 
So it's like in order for that to change, we got to be able to have open discussions and everybody needs to be open. I like to say I'm a, I'm, I, I look at myself and I, I'm, I'm like a student of life, you know, and I'm really always trying to learn. And I'm always trying to be introspective and evaluate myself and look at little small areas to where I may be doing things wrong or I may be thinking things wrong or saying things wrong. So we all need to do that. Man. Ooh. That was a good breeze, bro. <laughs> I don't know why he did that at the beginning of the show. He tripping. He had to, he was absorbing it all by us. The you whole see, time. Now I would agree with that. You see, the man just took the fan. <laughs> you see that? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Y'all not about just to. took the fan. I just explained. I, I did. I, I'm, 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 <laughs> like I once was so blind, but now feel? I see. That's how y'all feel. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh no, hold on. Yeah. See you're not about to do that to me. What you not what you're not about to do. What you not about to do is embarrass me on my podcast. I'm the man here. Ain't nobody gonna embarrass me. Oh, no, no, I'm just come on right there. Let him use you. Let him use you. What ain't about to happen is y'all ain't about to embarrass me as a man on my podcast. No, I'm just playing. I'm teasing. I'm just. I'm teasing with y'all. I love y'all. Really, I do. That's funny. So I, I've enjoyed this discussion, and there's so many ways we could take this. Um, so we're going to uh, get ready to wrap up. But um, this might end up being a part two that we uh, dig deeper in. So we're going to go ahead and uh, close out. So we're going to start a little different than we normally do. So I'm going to let Stefan go first. Uh, um, all right. Um yeah, see, I wasn't prepared this time. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? you're see, doing all that tapping. Oh wow! So this is another <laughs> road that was switched, huh? Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> I've been at work all day. <laughs> see what I'm talking about? See what I'm talking about? Time management. Time hey, management. Go. Hey, uh, uh, um, all right. Isaiah 40 and 8 says, "The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever." And what's saying that is is um, we're all there in the exact same position, and we all have the exact same 24 hours in each day. Um, we do have some roles that not God has established, but society has established. There are some roles that the man has to do as far as being a leader and everything like that within his family. Um, and those roles have ran off into the church. And some of them, like Shonda has said before, they really, um, <laughs> they're overdue to be overturned. So, I will say within this time, we all need to look within ourselves and see where are areas that we can help the person next to us. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your um, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever it could be. Um, how to uh, get them engaged more within the church. How to maybe have an open discussion and talk to them about certain things that may be emotional that you guys maybe have never talked about. To see certain things that, that can possibly change. I can promise that those things are going to open up different things. It's going to start off worse. Then it's going to get better because opening up those emotions, open up a can of worms. Then the sunshine comes. I like to say this. If you pray for flowers, you got to expect the rain too. You know what I'm saying? So they got to grow. So they need to be watered. So um, we need to overturn some tables and we need to, to do certain things to make changes. That's the only way change is going to occur. So, that's my closing statement. Thanks, Steph. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, Rabbi, it's on you. Go ahead. 
<clears throat> I was sitting with our COO the other day, and he said, you learn more from your failures than from your successes. And that's if you can actually have some conversation about it. If someone can talk to you about those failures, if you can talk them through, you learn more from that than your successes. One of the greatest ways to tell the character of a person is if they can sit in a moment and hear your experience of them or hear how your behavior is and, and they don't become offended. We have to learn that a lot of these gender roles and these expectations of men and women need to be changed. We actually need to be taught. We all need to be taught. You don't teach the women and train the men. Everybody needs to be taught. Everybody needs to have the same understanding and everybody needs to have the same opportunity. If you can do it, then do it. If you can't, admit that you can't. Step out of the way so the person who can can actually do it. That's an opportunity to you, for you to learn from what you might view as a failure. There's nothing wrong with you not being the one. Nothing. Amen. Hello, welcome back. It's on you. The last thing that I am going to leave with you guys is when you think about how you change things, right? How do you get things to change? How do you break a cycle, a tradition, or a curse? You make a conscious decision to turn from what you have been doing and do something different. If you see something, say something. If it doesn't look right, feel right, sound right, then nine times out of ten it's not right. We have to be so intentional about what we do every single day, especially when it comes to the church because the people, the youth, and the people that are coming behind us, they are watching us. So what type of legacy are we leaving for them? We have to stop and Fix it now. So if it's something that you're adding to that is positive or negative, it's up to us to realize it, acknowledge it, and do something different. Hey Amen. Way to come back That's with that fire. Back. That's how you come back. Um, I've, I've um, really enjoyed the discussion. I've really enjoyed this topic. Um, like I said, we could have took it 50 million different places, but I'll just end with this. Uh, what we have to do as a body is begin to heal for far too long. We've allowed this body to stay wounded. We have not tried to diagnose any of the issues with this body. We have literally walked around and not addressed the 2000 pound elephant in the room. And when we have not, since we have not addressed this elephant in the room, we have allowed the body to begin to get to a point where it almost seems like there is no way to heal this body. But I got good news for you. We serve a Jesus under a God through a Holy Spirit that can do all things. What we have to do is get back to the fundamentals of understanding what this is about. And what it is or isn't about is us. This is about bringing souls to the kingdom. I don't care if you got a penis a vagina, short hair, long hair, pale skin, dark skin, melanin, non-melanated, whatever. We have to get rid of the idea that only certain people can bring souls to the kingdom and understand that 
Many are called, but few are chosen. Let the wheat and the tear grow together, and he'll do the separating. It is not for us to separate, but it's for God to separate. And if we let him do his job and we do our job, then we'll be better off for it. And with that being said, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you and God bless. <laughs>